Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. If you're ready, please open up your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to get right into a specific area tonight concerning the series we've been in. I I didn't sense the leading of the Lord to divert from this. I did sense the leading to exhort you with the scripture during the offering concerning Thanksgiving. We've been in a series now for a few weeks entitled Love is the Answer to So Many Questions and Problems. Um, increasing in our, our uh, awareness of God's love for us and increasing in our love for other people is the answer to so many prayers and so many questions and so many problems. Love is the answer. Did you ever, did you ever think about it? God is like the number one most successful being ever by far. And the same God that has never failed, totally successful. I mean, how many think God's successful? (laughs) He's very successful. Um, I wonder if God is love. You know, the Bible says God is love. And him being so successful is connected. You know it is. God doesn't just have love. He is love. This is his nature. And the reason God commands us to walk in love is because he wants us successful like him. I mean, the greatest evil forces in the universe have come against God, and he's just won completely. I mean, God's just a winner at heart, and it has a lot to do because he is love. And when you think, well, why is God commanding us to walk in love? I, I don't know about all these commandments. Well, all his commandments are an expression of his love for us. And if he wants us to be something like he is, it's because he wants us to have what he has. Following me? I actually like, you know, the Bible talks about us being children of God. God is love. We're children of love. That means our nature is love. We need to be aware of that part of our nature and we need to let that part of our nature dominate us and not our flesh and not our desires and not our emotions. We need to really let the learn, let We really need to learn to let the love of God dominate our lives. You know, we went to quite a few scriptures concerning that, but we'll, um, we're going to move into something else tonight. So turn to first Peter chapter three. Can you all say with me? Love is the answer. Love is the answer. Amen. First Peter chapter three. And I wanted to bring this scripture out and then talk about it for a little bit. This is, we've hit on this a little bit, but I don't feel like we've got it in our blood yet. And the word needs to get in our blood. So 1 Peter chapter 3, look at verse 8. Now this is Peter, by the Holy Spirit, talking to all believers everywhere. Alright, you ready here? Verse 8. Finally, be you all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brothers, be kind-hearted, be courteous. Now notice, not rendering evil for evil. Hold it. I'm about sneezed. Okay. Um, 
think, think about this, not paying back someone who's done you wrong by doing them wrong back. See, we're more mature than that. Believers are supposed to be more mature than the worldly people all around us. We don't just do what we feel. We don't just wear our feelings on our sleeve. We don't just say what we feel. We don't just act off of impulse or emotions, right? We stop and think, how's this word, how's this action really going to affect someone else? And is it the godly right thing to do? So he said, not rendering evil for evil. So when somebody does us wrong, what should we not do? We should not do what we feel like doing. Can I get a witness? Because <laughs> our feelings aren't fully sanctified yet. When somebody does us wrong, I mean legitimately does us wrong, what should we do? Not what we feel like doing. How many think it would be wise to just slow down and say, Holy Spirit, how would Jesus respond to this situation? Hmm? Not talking about self-defense or anything like that, but just in normal, everyday living, somebody says something to you, calls you a name, lies about you, cheats you out of a deal. How should we treat that? Well, the Bible says, don't repay evil for evil. Now, what most people don't realize is what we're going to read here in just a minute. People don't realize this, but God's not saying, be run over. God's not saying, let him punch you again. He's saying, express your Christianity, walk in love, and I'll give you something a hundred times better than what you just gave up. Whether it be happiness, satisfaction, a deal, money. I mean, if somebody comes against us and we choose to walk in love and we choose to not retaliate and we choose to let God work it out, guarantee you, he could work it out a lot better than you and I could work it out. So, and, and God's not talking about just people running over us. The Bible actually says, uh, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And a lot of people never see that because they never, they never walk in love enough to get to that level where God has a right to do his part. So I want you to keep reading here. Don't, now we're told not to render evil for evil or railing for railing. That's talking specifically about somebody cussing you out or something. Don't cuss back. Everybody say don't cuss back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we are supposed to do something. Okay, if we're not supposed to cuss, if we're not supposed to sh shout back, if we're not supposed to, you know, do evil back, what are we supposed to do? But, counterwise, blessing. Why? Because we're not of this world. We're from another place. Where things are greater and more powerful, right? And, and we have much more control over ourselves than we used to before we were saved. Notice, he said, don't rail back, don't, don't do evil, don't do what you feel like doing toward those who are hurting you, but counterwise, blessing. I guess it'd be good at times if somebody does you wrong, just say, God bless you. They say, I didn't sneeze, I'm not talking about sneezing. I said, I'm going to say, God bless you. Blessings. Now, how many, how, how many realize that that doesn't feel normal? It <laughs> doesn't feel normal at all, right? To say, bless you to somebody who just lied about you, cussed at you, stole something from you, right? Bless you. <laughs> a 
Wow. Now notice, notice it's setting you up for something. But counterwise blessing, knowing that you are thereunto called. This is our calling. Right? This is our vocation. This is our calling to be blessers to people. Now why? So that you should inherit a blessing. Oh, there's so much here. One of the most interesting things about this is at times in our life when it feels like the worst times in our life could actually turn quickly into the best times of our life. I'm mean, think inheriting a blessing is a good time. In inheriting a special reserved blessing for people who do this, that, that's really cool. Now this is not just talking about an inward feeling, oh I just feel so wonderful. This is a blessing from the Lord that you know and everybody else around you knows happened to you. Tangible. Powerful. I'm not saying it doesn't deal with the feeling around, but it's more, it's substantial. And the Lord said if you want to get to that blessing stage, you're going to have to refrain your tongue from evil. You're going to have to hold yourself back from doing something evil back. You're going to have to hold yourself back from railing. You're going to have to say no to your flesh, no to your mind, no to revenge. Huh? How many want to get to the inherent blessing part? Then we're going to have to get through all this other stuff. It's not going to work. I said it like this for the last couple weeks. I said, the greatest blessings will come to us after we're tempted to violate love and we don't. I have to say, by the Spirit of God, not many people get to this level where that inherited blessing can come on them. How many of you realize it takes faith to walk in love, to give up something that you have a right to keep, to let somebody else have the deal when you're the one that deserves the deal? How many know it's, it's, uh, it takes faith to believe that this suffering way is better than getting my way way? Because <laughs> right? see, here's why, listen, we are not going to walk in love successfully unless we believe something. How many want to walk in love successfully? Well, then we're going to have to believe that love's way is the best way. Now listen, listen closely to these words. That sounds, I know it sounds cliche. It sounds, we're going to have to believe. Love's way is the best way. When we're tempted to slap, right? Demand our rights. Cuss. Listen closely. We're going to have to believe. Say, everybody say Believe. We're going to have to believe that love's way is the best way because it's not going to feel like the best way. It's not going to sound like the best way. It's not going to look like the best way. And it's not going to seem like the best way. We're going to have to believe it's the best way. Everything about your being at times, except faith in your heart, everything about your five physical senses is going to feel like God's way is not the best way. No, if I go this way, I'll lose what I have a right to. I'll get the raw end of a deal. I'll, I'll get ripped off. So the, how many know all this stuff's going to be going on inside of you going, uh, I don't think God's way is the best way. I'm going to claim my rights. I'm going to do what I, I'm, I'm just going to you know, demand my way. But you know in your heart you should be letting it go. See, 
most people never get to the point where God can do something supernatural for them because they never go any beyond, they don't go beyond where they've always been going in this uh, walking in love area. I mean, it takes faith to believe, okay, God, I'm going to let this person have the best here. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to fight about it. I'm not going to get in strife about it. I'm going to let them have it. Now that you've given that away, what are you going to do? You're without. <laughs> what, are you, what are you going to do? You're going to believe. You're going to believe. Since I walked in love here, gave up some of my own rights, didn't demand my own way, because I walked in love here, I lost something I can't get back. But I'm going to believe God can do better than if I held on to it. I'm going to believe He can do multiplied times better. Hmm? Remember when uh, Abraham's uh, employees were striving with Lot's employees and they had so much cattle the land couldn't contain them all and there was strife between the herdsmen and so Abraham said, you know, we got to stop this. We'll have no strife in our camp here. We, we cannot have strife. We're so big. God's blessed us so much. Abraham said to the younger, Lot, the whole land is before you. Decide which direction you want to go and I'll go the other direction. We got to stop this strife at all costs. Well, Lot said, okay, all right. And so I'll choose. What Lot should have done is said, Abraham, <laughs> you're the elder. You choose. I'm the kid here. Wouldn't for you, I'd have nothing. But no, Lot said, okay, I'll choose. So he chooses the, the green, lush plains over here, and Abraham had the desert. Answer me a question. Could Abraham have said, I'm going the direction I want to go, and Lot, you're going the direction that opposite of me? Could he have said that? He was the elder. Did he have a right to say that? Well, what did he do? He insisted not on his own rights. He said, Lot... You decide which way you want to go. I'll go the opposite direction. Got to get rid of this strife. Too much going on. Got to, got to thin out here. A lot said he, he, you know, he headed toward the green grassy fields and palm trees. And Abraham had the desert. Question. Who got more blessed? Who got more blessed? The one who gave up his rights to stop strife. Come on, who, who does the scriptures follow? Lot or Abraham? Who became very rich in cattle and silver and gold? Lot or Abraham? Whose home, who's hometown burned down because a meteorite hit it or whatever? I mean, whose wife turned to a pillar of salt? Huh? Not the one, the, the one who didn't walk in love. See, th this is so interesting. A lot of people never get to that stage. It's like, so, so here Abraham says, okay, just put yourself in this position. You're in the desert. You've got green, lush fields over here, and you've got hot desert over here. And you're saying, okay, Lot, choose which way you want to go. And Lot says, I'm going the green way. How are you going to feel right at that moment? Hmm, okay. You know what he had to do? He had to believe that the God that called him out of the Ur of the Chaldees at 75 years old was going to take care of him wherever he's going to be because I'd rather be in the desert with God walking in love than in Sodom and Gomorrah with no God and getting what I wanted. Oh, come on. Think about this. The greatest blessings come to us when we're tempted to violate love and we don't. So in other words, the, the worst time of your life, you know, oh, people oh, could turn into the best time of your life if you play it right. 
if you do it right. Come on, read, read on here. We haven't even gotten to the, the full power yet. Look at this. Verse, verse 9 again. Don't render evil for evil or railing for railing, but counterwise blessing, knowing that you are thereunto called that you should inherit a blessing. Next verse. For he that will love life. Anybody want to love life and not just endure life? Anybody want to bounce out of bed instead of roll and just flop out and floor out of bed? Anybody want to go from endure, uh, enduring to enjoying? Anybody want to go from existing to living? Anybody want to actually love life? I mean, it's hard to get the smile off your face. Anybody want to love life? And how many want to see good days? Anybody want to see good days? Hospital days, in my opinion, aren't good days. They're okay because you need help. They're there to help you, but I just do not have to go. How many think not in jail days would be good days? Huh? Not in depressed days. How about healthy days? Anybody want to love life and see good days? How is it done? Well, it's all connected to the verse we just read and to the next verse. Look, if you want to love life and see good days, refrain your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile or deceit. Now, we hear right here from the Lord a secret to living in health. Many people are experiencing and have experienced ill health because of this thing right here. What they've been saying. And the interesting thing about it is it doesn't happen overnight and the devil doesn't want you to see the connection between ill health and speaking ill words toward other people. It doesn't happen overnight. The devil wants to erase all the time in between the negative speaking and the ill health and always try to get you looking only at physical. Oh, I better eat better, I guess. Oh, I guess I better you know, get more sleep or I guess I better exercise more. There's people that eat right, sleep right, exercise, drink a ton of water and die of a heart attack young in life. Obviously, that's not everything. We believe in eating right. I think everybody should have enough sense to eat right. I think everything should be done in moderation. I think moderation should be done in moderation. Amen. Just saying. <laughs> but, but, because the flesh just likes extreme stuff. But, you think about it. There, this scripture right here tells us that speaking evil toward other people and never acknowledging it as wrong and, and things like that going out into your future and, and still having that attitude that moves them wrong. That can open the door to not so good days. That can open the door to the enemy to get some fiery darts through to your life. This is serious business. I mean, a lot of violations of love are done in the word area, the words area. The Bible talks about death and life is in the power of the tongue and um, you're, you're snared by the words of your mouth. You're taken captive didn't even say by the devil. He said, you're taken captive by the words of your mouth, brought into captivity by words of your mouth. And this is interesting because, I, I, I don't know, I, I guess it's like Ecclesiastes. It's like, I guess sometimes people think, well, huh, no judgment came. I guess I got away with it. Hmm. 
No judgment came. I guess it was okay. Uh, Newsflash. It ain't over yet. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the hearts of the sons of men is set in them to do evil. That's the scripture in Ecclesiastes. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the hearts of the sons of men is set in them to do evil. They think they're getting away with it. Just because there's not a speedy result or a speedy, you know, whatever um, result. And so this is something we need to be very, very aware of. I mean, it, it, wouldn't hurt, it wouldn't hurt one bit for everyone listening, watching. It wouldn't hurt one bit if we all just said right now, Lord, I'm asking you, forgive me for any evil word I've spoken about anybody in my past. I'm talking 50 years ago, 80. It, it would, it, just to get a global forgiveness going right, this, this, this would actually be really good for us. You want to do this with me? I don't know. I don't remember all. But I just did this earlier. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't have to go back maybe that far. But um, I sometimes just say, need to globally say it and just take care of it. I'll say, Lord, if I, have, if I have released words out of my mouth, evil words about anyone, whether in their presence or behind their back. Actually, b- before we pray this, did you know that, um, you know how Jesus relates us to sheep and he's the shepherd? We were studying one time about sheep and shepherd and how some of the sheep actually get infected and die from this. Um, some of the sheep would actually bite other sheep in their backs, called backbiting, and the, the cotton or the wool would get caught in those sheep's teeth. And then if it wasn't checked and caught, they would actually grow infection and get so bad they die from backbiting. No wonder the Lord says, don't do any backbiting, right? Um, you know, talking behind people's backs and Saying things, if you can't say it in their presence with joy and, and peace and freedom and just, you know, confidence, why would we say it in their absence? I, th- I hear the Spirit of God saying, if you'll get more control of your words, your health will be a lot better. And so why don't we, y'all just want to pray this with me? Just, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if there's anything we've spoken, and if, if any bad words have gone out into our present or are going to go out into our future, let's just ask the Lord to forgive us. And let's, let's do what David did. Lord, put a guard on my mouth that I might not sin against you. Let's just say this together. Heavenly Father, I'm asking you, please forgive me for any wrong words, bad words, evil words that I have spoken about anybody any time in my life that I have not corrected or maybe I should say that I have not uh, repented of I repent now I'm sorry Lord I acknowledge I'm sure I've said some bad things that I have not repented of but I do right now in Jesus name Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. So, this, this is a big deal. I just want to make sure we got this before we go to the next point and close. Because we won't keep you very long right now with Thanksgiving around the corner. But do, do you realize that ill health, a lot of times, is the result 
of wrong words we've spoken toward other people. So I just encourage you, check yourself. Tell the Lord he can interrupt you anytime if you're about ready to say, I like being checked before I blow it, (laughs) as opposed to after I blow it. I'd rather check myself before. And so when he says, if you want to love life and see good days, refrain your tongue from evil. What does that mean, refrain your tongue from evil? It means don't say what you feel like saying. Yeah, but pastor, I'm real. I'm just going to say what I feel like. Bible says you're real foolish because a fool utters all his mind. A fool vents all his feelings. It takes maturity to not do what you feel like doing because of concern for the others, the people that are around you. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Words are powerful. And just because death doesn't show up in 24 hours doesn't mean something hasn't, you know, started working. And so we have to be very cautious about this area right here. And this is actually one area that will be very evident that we're mature Christians almost more than any other. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. So one more thing I want to share with you before we close tonight. And remember, the devil doesn't want you to see the connection between talking bad about people and ill health. Um, And it doesn't happen overnight. Um, I'd like you to turn to... Uh, 1 Corinthians. And I wanted to share this with you, and this will be the thing I want to close with here. But in 1 Corinthians 13, and like I said, we hit on some of these things already, but I know it's not in our blood yet. It's getting there. But we want to keep at it. So, And so even over the holidays, you know, if you've got family coming in from out of town and maybe some family that, you know, you're glad doesn't live in town. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, <laughs> that's awful. Um, just, just, remember, just remember these words, okay? Love on them. Bless them. Um, it's so interesting. You know, I am... Um, this, this sounds really interesting, I'm sure, but I have seen some of the most awful violations of love at funerals. And surrounding death of loved ones, fighting over. I've heard. I mean, a friend, a minister, friend of ours, who called me one time and said, "Man, my my sister's going to sue me over this thing." Of your sister? What? I didn't know you could do that. I know you could sue a family member. That's weird. But um, it's. But you know, people get crazy around uh, wills and inheritance and, and things like that. It's like you know. You know what Paul says to the believer. This is really interesting. You know what Paul, this blows a lot of people away. They need to read 1 Corinthians 6 and 7. Paul said to believers, what in the world are you believers going to an unjust judge in the world for to try to settle your situation? He said, there's utterly a fault among you. Taking another believer to court. Uh, this is in the context of a church that's, you know, supposed to be doing way better than this. And I guess if you're in a church that doesn't have that, that level of anointing and authority, I guess you might have to do something in that area. But Paul is saying, you guys in the, the same church, this person over here is taking this person to court. He said, there's utterly a fault among you. And then he says this, hey, why don't you rather take the wrong? 
That's a good question. Why don't you take the wrong? In other words, where's your faith that God will take care of you? Let him have it. But it's my inheritance. It... Do you really want to go to court over it? Or do you want God to take care of you? See, it all comes down to, do we really believe love's way is the best way? Or do we just want that money because we know there's no other way I can get it. That's the only way I can get it. I can't do it without it. So there's all blah, 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 blah. I mean, really. And I'm, I'm not saying just jump up to this level of faith, but head in that direction because God can do way better than taking somebody to court and winning something. Now, I, I wish we were all there, but if you will hear teaching like this, we'll never get there. Pastor, you don't understand. You don't understand. Well... I may not understand, but I do know this. Love's way is the best way, and God can do way better. There's a scripture in Ephesians chapter 6 that says this. Quote, Knowing that any good thing any man does, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he's a slave or a free man. Knowing that any good thing that any man does, the same shall he receive of the Lord. See, the Lord is going to repay us. The Lord's going to help us. And when we're walking in love and we refuse to go the strife route and the violation of love route, if we'll stay with love, God will have opportunity to bring that. He shall inherit a blessing. It's going to take faith, though. You're going to have to believe because everything about you is going to say God's not right on this one. God, you're not right on this one. I have rights on this one, God. You're not right on this one. But you're going to have to believe that love's way is the best way. So finally, for, did I say 1 Corinthians? 13, 8. And I want to close with this. I, I, I posted something on social media a couple days ago, and I'm not sure people really understood it, because um, it's, it's almost like there's a surface revelation, then there's a deep revelation. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. The Bible says, Love never fails. Love never fails. So I wanted to just share this with you. Y'all got that chunk of revelation that we just received. Let me just share this with you in closing. When he says love never fails, if you really understand 1 Corinthians 13, he's not just, talk, he's not just like talking about the gifts of the Spirit in chapter 12, and oh, something totally different in chapter 13. And then oh, back to the gifts of the Spirit in chapter 14. All three of these chapters connect because they weren't written in chapter form. It was a letter. Yeah. It was, chapters were added by the translators for study purposes. But Paul's not just saying, oh, let's take a break and talk about love. He's talking about the gifts of the Spirit operate best when the motive for them is love. He's talking about the motive for the gifts of the Spirit being love. The motive for the gifts of the Spirit needs to be love. Why do we want miracles? Because we love people. Or do we want miracles so our ministry can grow? You know, why do we want gifts of healing? So we can get people healed or so we can say, hey, I got the gifts of healings. Oh, I just want to see the power. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? Better have a greater motive than, oh, wouldn't that be cool? Right? This needs to come out of compassion. Jesus had compassion on the multitudes and healed every one of them. Yeah. So, in, in, in thinking about this, love never fails. He's talking about your motive. 
for doing whatever you're doing in life. Especially in the area of the gifts of the Spirit and ministering to other people. Make sure it's because you love them. And so I, I want to I give you this and, and kind of let you meditate on this and chew on this because it's a little bit of a, another point than what we just studied. But he, here's the way the Lord told me this. Because a lot of people are, are trying so hard to obtain certain things. Trying so hard to obtain certain levels of prosperity. A lot of people are trying really hard to obtain healing for their body. A lot of people are trying really hard to obtain the certain career. To w- whatever it may be. And here's what the Lord spoke to me about this. He said, according to 1 Corinthians 13, 8, love never fails. He said, you will always succeed at what you're doing if love is the reason for doing what you're doing. You will always succeed at what you're doing if love is the reason for doing what you're doing. Uh, just just kind of take it in the prosperity area. We have to make sure that we want prosperity first and by far foremost because we love God and we love people. And the more prosperity, the more I can do for God, the more I can help people. We have to make sure. I'm not saying there can't be another something in there, but first and foremost, by far, if our reason for wanting more prosperity is love, then we'll not fail in our obtaining more prosperity. Love never fails. And if what you're trying to do is become more prosperous, if you want to be more prosperous, here's the way Corinthians says it. You ready? The Bible says, um, God loves a cheerful giver. And he's able to make all grace abound toward cheerful givers. That they always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have a more comfortable, wonderful life. No. They having all sufficiency in all things so that they may abound to every good work. Do you see the motive for increase? So that so that we may abound to every good work. That you may abound to every, that you may abound to every good work. God says, he says, he that sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly. He that sows generously is going to reap generously. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God's able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. That you may abound to every good work. And same thing in the area of healing. I mean, why do you want healing? Can, can, I, tell you, can I tell you a great way to never fail in obtaining healing and maybe even getting a quicker healing? Can I tell you how? Want healing for love reasons more than anything else. Why? Because love never fails. If you're wanting healing, first and foremost, for love reasons, you'll never fail in appropriating your healing. You won't fail in your quest to appropriate divine healing. Love never fails. Well, Pastor, I want to be healed. 
but just to be honest with you, I just I want to be healed so I can watch more TV. Well, <laughs> might not be anything wrong watching TV, but you better want healing for a higher reason that or it may not be as successful as it needs to be. For one thing, faith works by love. So anyway, I'm going to leave that with you. You will always succeed at what you're doing, whatever it is. You'll always succeed at what you're doing if love is the reason for doing what you're doing. So why don't we just ask ourselves that question regularly, maybe multiple times a day. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I praying for this? Why do I want that? Why am I confessing scriptures for this? How many think it would be a good idea just to, every answer to be, because I love. I love. I want to be, a, I want to lift burdens. I want to help people. I need more health to do that. I need more wealth to do that. I, 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 want, I want to be a blessing. I want to be strong so when somebody's weak, I can lift them up. I want to help people. I want to help people. Just constantly ask ourselves, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why are we in church tonight? Why are we hearing the Word tonight? No, we love the Lord, right? And we want to get equipped to help other people. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org click on the donate tab.